All right. Hey, it is Friday, March 26th. Welcome back to the Seinfeld Podcast. As always, we have Laura with us. Laura, how are you doing today? Hello, good, good. I'm good. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you said good, but was there a but or was there a. That it's Friday. Yes. It's good. I, I like doing this on Friday. I, I'm in a better mood on Friday. I, I'm kind of like, I do this shortly after work, and you're finishing up work at the same time, too. And I feel mentally exhausted. I'm not really physically tired. I'm like mentally tired right now. That's the only thing I don't like about it at this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a strange, you know, It's a, there's not the same adrenaline when you when we worked in the office. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, you still have the same deadline. Now it's right. You know, now it's even worse, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Very strange. Yeah, someday, if if we ever say, let's talk about journalism for a day, uh, it, it's going to be interesting once people go back to the office. I know where we work at, there's some question about, you know, there may not be office for some of the places we work at. I know um, our our biggest paper, they're headed back to the office probably in the next two or three months. And it'll be interesting to see how that reacts. I'm thankful where I'm at right now in the company. I get to work from home, which is great, but very mm-hmm. interesting. But yeah, I know people aren't here to hear us complain about working from home or the office. We're here to talk Seinfeld. And I don't know, Laura, you know, I think the people listening to the show expect me to be the final over Seinfeld each week. I like the show. A lot of good things about this episode. It was a two part episode, The Trip. Where you know Kramer's going out to California uh, to pursue some acting. Uh, Jerry and George go over there for the Tonight Show, and I, I got some questions about this. A lot of fun stuff, but overall, I don't know. Um, you know, let me ask you the first question, and please let me know about whatever questions you would have. The old school sitcoms, you know what I mean? Like when Happy Days goes to California, when these other episodes, it, it's almost like the travel show. Like, you know, there's been some Brady Bunches where they go to Disney World and they go to other places. And I, I've never been as big of a fan of it because it's almost like they're trying too hard. They're not really breaking any new great comedy ground. It's just like, Hey, what happens if we go to California? What happens if we go to Disney World? I don't know. I mean, I'm probably old funny then, but that that was kind of my overall takeaway. If if this podcast was like two minutes, I, convince me I'm wrong because I just left it with a weird taste after watching this. Um, I think well, to me, it's made this interesting was um that you know Kramer he kind of like opened himself up to trying something different, you know, yeah. back at home wasn't going the way he wanted it to go. And he felt like he had, you know, pissed off Jerry to the point where he didn't trust him anymore. Yeah. And so he just was like, I'm leaving. I'm going to try and try something new in a new place. And you can't, I mean, without leaving the country, you can't really get much farther from New York than yeah. Los Angeles. And, um, you know, he, to me, the, to me, one of the interesting parts of this is that, you know, at the, I mean, I'm, we're kind of viewing these episodes as one yeah. long episode, um, even though they never aired as, as like an hour long show. Right. Um, 
but um, you know, at the end, you know, he has that little speech, you know, where he where they're sitting on the. I think that's supposed to be by the Hollywood sign, is my guess. Um, where you know he's like, "What do you want me to say? That it's a disaster," you know, basically. And um, I thought that was a pretty. I thought that was a pretty nice moment for this show. You know, it was like very introspective for Kramer. You know, it's kind of like a goofball. You know what I mean? So to me, that to me that was one of the parts of this that I that didn't bother me. You know? Yeah. That they went. I mean, it wasn't like a travel log. You know? I mean, all they did was really follow uh, follow Jerry from the hotel to the to the studio where he did the show, which was a disaster. And um, and then to find Kramer once they realized he had been arrested. And the parts of the show I enjoyed, like when Jerry was on the Tonight Show, I, I could see myself doing a George thing. You know, George meets some famous people, um, Corbin Burns and George went, and you know George is like telling him how to do the show, and I could see how that would tick off an actor. And yeah, I mean there were parts of it I liked. I the travel part, it gets, it's a personal thing. I mean. Some people may enjoy it. I'm not saying it was bad. It's it just the overall feel I didn't like as much. I will say that um, I think other shows did it much worse. You know, the one oh, that, yeah, yeah. Know, I mean, the Happy Days one is the worst of all. You know? Yeah, that's where we got Jump the Shark from. Yeah. We didn't Jump the Shark from yeah. the Shark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, um, I mean, it, the one one part of it that was really well thought out i think is that when you look at all of the characters that he, that kramer and then jerry and george ran into they were all like really interesting characters you know i mean you got the the guy who like talked like he was on drugs on in the van you know um where he was talking about jerry saying or uh kramer saying uh you think these hands have been soaking in ivory liquid you know <laughs> yeah um, and then uh, you got um, Ron. Speaking of happy days, Ron Howard's little brother played the, the criminal in the car yeah. with them, and he's talking about being a good tipper. And Ann Landers sucks, which made me laugh well, hysterically because um, I agree. Um, and then uh, you know the cop is was was just hilarious. You know the way yeah. he's badgering him and. He almost got him to admit it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he killed her, you know? Yeah. Nah. And then all of a sudden he's just like, go, let her go, let him go. Mm. <laughs> um, and of course the the woman who's the neighbor was great too. Um, the one who was talking about the episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the uh, Stooges where the Stooges were, execu were executed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, to me, that was really that was really strong too. I mean, this isn't um, this isn't really one of my favorites, but when you look back at um, you know, the, I I would say that this fourth season has some really strong episodes. Oh yeah, I was watch I've been watching it every I've been watching the this show a couple days this week just so I could get it under my belt a little more, and uh, like. These episodes have a couple, you know, and they show those highlight clips from the show, and like at the end of the end of the series, a lot of those clips came from these two shows. 
yeah. A lot of stuff in these episodes that really shows up, you know. And like the next couple episodes, you know, one of I don't I, I don't think it's the very next episode in the fourth season. So right after that, I think is the one where Kramer um, gets kicked in the head by yeah. and he catches um, I think he catches his hair on fire in like mm-hmm. the other ones. So I mean, this season is is pretty strong, I think. So. Well, and I like the fact, too, I thought this was really interesting. Um, yeah, well, let me amend one thing. I thought there was a lot of funny parts to the episode. Mm-hmm. I just didn't like the story arc of traveling. So even though I laughed at different parts of the episode, just the travel part just kind of stuck out to me. It kind of laid a little bit of a cloud. I will say, though, I like the fact and I, I had King of Queens on for work while I was working, just as background noise. Mm-hmm. And there was one episode where I, I think uh, the Kevin James character met Ray Romano for the first time. Mm-hmm. And to me, that felt a little bit more awkward because, you know, Kevin, it, it was at the, um, uh, the driver's examination area. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, Ray wanted him to cheat on a test and, you know, uh, Doug from the show, you know, loved Ray as a sports writer. It seemed like that connection was a little bit more forced. I liked how Seinfeld did because by having Jerry as a comedian, when you brought people like Corbin Burnson on or George Went, it, it became more natural because it was more believable that it, it seemed to be a little bit more believable bring guest stars on and it was more natural that way too. Uh, and I, again, I, I liked what happened in tonight's show. I thought it was neat how they brought the stars in. It didn't seem forced. It seemed real natural. It was good. There's a lot of stars. Yeah. On that it, I mean, on the episode of The Tonight Show. Yeah. And, and to me, I I was great with that. George Went and, Ke- and Corbin Burnson at that p- time period. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, three separate episodes of The Tonight Show. Now, now we could probably tweet them, and they might be on the podcast in five minutes. But back then, yeah, that was pretty. Yeah. It, it was pretty big, and yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, with Candace Bergen too, that was a big deal. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I was I was impressed by that part. Um, you know, I wonder because I really didn't start watching Seinfeld live until like the last season. I, I never really got into it beforehand. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you're watching Seinfeld live and you're watching that show, were you thinking that maybe they're trying to either kill off Kramer or maybe Kramer is the part of the show? I wonder how people reacted when they saw that live. Uh, I doubt it. Um, I, I think I, I think at that time I was watching it. I, it was, I was working nights at that time. So I taped it all the time. Yeah. Watched it either when I got home from work or the next day. I mean, it was pretty clear that he wasn't going to get convicted, you know? Yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't know. He just, he was all, he's, I mean, in, especially on this, in these few episodes, like this arc, where he was just always in the wrong place at the wrong time, you know, and he was so scatterbrained, you know? Yeah. In these episodes where he was like talking about how he had the script deal and it was coming through, and um, Jerry's like, do you, have, do you know where you are? Yeah. <laughs> he, had more, he was like, Completely oblivious to the fact that he was in jail. 
it made me think of my own life because you know Lauren <laughs> and I worked together up a little bit east of Cleveland for a while, and that was the first time I left home. Now, granted, Willoughby, Ohio is nothing like moving to Hollywood or Los Angeles, <laughs> but I know my parents were very not concerned, but just say, "Hey, could you make it on your own? Are you going to be okay?" Um, you know, this is the first time you've been a while away from home. I'm like, yeah, I'll be fine. And yeah, there was times I'm sure where there was some adjusting to do, but I'll tell you, Kramer, anybody who worried about Kramer, man, Kramer had a hard time uh, in LA. And I know LA is different, but man, it seemed like throughout the whole episode, you know, Kramer was flustered and it just was typical Kramer, but man, I don't know if I trust Kramer moved away. It was just a weird time. Yeah, he was uh, he was kind of a mess. Yeah, he always landed on his feet. Yeah, when you're like, I forget. I honestly forget if it was the first episode. It must have been the first part of this, the first mm-hmm. episode of these two, where he's at the studio talking and they throw him out, and he was leaving. You know where he crashed through the gate thing. Where did he yeah. car? Where did he end up with a? He ended up with a convertible car. How, yeah, <laughs> where did that come from? You know. Yeah. <laughs> when he went, he was like hardly even out of New York, and it died. And then he destroyed the lady's big rig truck. <laughs> and he was on the motorcycle with the guy whose face basically was ripped off in a road rash thing. <laughs> yeah. And then the van with the guy. You know. Yeah. So, I mean, how did he end up with the convertible? It was fascinating. Yeah, it, it just seemed like he was very all over the place. Again, that's Kramer. I mean, we we see that in the first three seasons as well as later on. But man, it, it just like if I was like Kramer and Willoughby, I don't think I could. Man, Willoughby. I mean, you know, you just again first time you're away from home. Yeah, there's some tense moments and there's some adjusting. But man, Kramer just seemed all over the place. And yeah, yeah and although you know the apartment by. Jerry, I mean, I mean, obviously he was away from his parents, but it just seemed like he was very unsettled out there, to say the least. And I'll tell you, too, um, yeah, the first season or two of Seinfeld Drive, but you're right, season four really seemed to really catch fire for some very good episodes. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple things I noticed about this. Yeah. Is that I was quite interested in the fact I had to look, I looked up the dates when this was on because of the security at the airport mm-hmm. it was really intense for it was 1992 when it yeah. was <laughs> I mean they had I mean it, you could have taken you could take that scene and put it in any sitcom today and people wouldn't even notice you know what yeah. I mean? um, but like they searched, they searched the suitcase, which is something that happens regularly here now. Um, they wanded uh, Jerry, you know, several times trying to figure out what it was. And they, ank- they asked him if he had an anklet on, which is hilarious. <laughs> and uh, he said what pretty much everybody now says. He's like, people, I implore you. <laughs> I wonder if that was LEX. Do you think that has to do with it? Um, I don't know. Um, was that LAX or was that them leaving um, New York? Yeah, good point. Or you can maybe even say because there's a bigger airport in New York. I, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've flown before 9 11, mm-hmm. and yeah, well, safety. I mean, geez, you, you can pretty much walk people right 
up to the plane, you yeah. know, in the old days. And now yeah. you barely get inside the airport, let alone anything else. But yeah, yeah it's it just, yeah, you're right. It did strike me as weird because for that time it was very, it just seemed normal. Very secure. Yeah. Like, hey, man, this is a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing that made me laugh hysterically was George and his packing. I am a notoriously bad packer. I bring way too much clothes with me whenever I go, but it's not because I dress by mood. It's just because I can't make a decision. But George apparently dresses by mood, and Jerry's like, but you essentially wear the same thing every day, which is true. It's a button-down shirt and a pair of pants. Yeah. <laughs> and he was dressed like, what was it, morning mist. Yeah. This his mood that day, which is hilarious. Um, and George, I mean, George is a terrible terrible uh traveler clearly because you know he was trying to work out the deal with the with the maid you know with the tucking and untucking i cannot i don't know how you are i cannot sleep in a bed that is not tucked in i i, I cannot at all well yeah i gotta tell you too anytime and I, I can't speak to it live on air, but I can tell you after we're done. You know, I, I'm experienced now. Anytime you work with anybody with any type of a, uh, what do you call it, um, a language discrepancy, and I'm trying to figure out a polite way of saying it. Mm -hmm. I, I've learned over life, and I still goof this up even today, where you've got to be really clear. And sometimes I get in a huge description or explanation and that's where stuff doesn't get right and it seemed like with george he was in that experience with the maid and he gave way too much information <laughs> it should be like hey untuck or tuck and he was like well let me tell you about this and that and everything and it confused the maid and george didn't really know what he wanted it just made it really really strange really strange I've learned that lesson. I give way too much information. And I think George had that same problem, too. Have you ever had a, a maid or a, a housekeeping ever throw out stuff like what they threw out of Jerry's? No. I, I was kind of surprised by that. Yeah. I never had that happen. I've had stuff. I've left stuff sitting on a table, you know, like the table between the beds or whatever, or, you know, like a nightstand, I guess, like glasses, you know, stuff cups and they don't even take those you know yeah they're, they're full of water and stuff they don't even take those i mean not that they should or anything like that but i've never had a situation where somebody threw out something that was you know written out like he he claimed it was yeah that was interesting to me too i like that weird stuff though very well, too. And you referenced this beforehand. Man, the guest stars. I mean, you know, we talked about Bernson, George Wyant. Yeah, very young Fred Savage. Where, oh, I about him, yeah. Yeah. He's he, there, but yeah. Very. Well, I mean, he's mostly known for Wonder Years, but you still see him in acting roles today. And I thought it was neat to see him. Um, I didn't recognize him because, I mean, you, you heard the voice. But you know the newscaster. I'm looking this up on Wikipedia oh, yeah. right now. Keith Morrison. Yeah. Who, yeah, famous from Dateline NBC, which I thought was great. You know who he is in real life? Well, I mean, he's always in real life. He's a newsman. But he's um, Matthew Perry's stepfather. Really? Keith Morrison, yeah. Wow. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Kind of random, but yeah. 
I always love him from, uh, well, I mean, his newscast, but there's a great YouTube clip out there of, oh, the SNL guy, and I'm blanking right now. It's a Friday afternoon. I apologize. The guy that did a great impression on him on SNL. Oh, um, Bill Hader. Yeah, yeah, Bill Hader. Uh, there's a great YouTube clip. I encourage you to look it up if, if you haven't already. Um, of Bill Hader, um, he was just doing a, I think he was invited to meet Keith Morrison, and I guess Bill Hader is a huge fan of his. And it was great to see them work together, and it was fun to see um, Keith Morrison's reaction. And I, I think Bill Hader was more excited than Keith Morrison was at the meeting. But, yeah, it, it's a great, yeah, it was great. He was on, um, Bill Hader was on um, Conan one time yeah. talking about how he loves those like real life crime shows. Yeah. Talking about them. It's hilarious if you ever get a chance to Google it. Oh, yeah, I, I got to. I don't see that many uh, clips of the SNL sketches with um yeah, you know, hated doing the Keith Morris impression. There's one that I, I tend to go back to a lot because it was a fantastic impression. But man, and you know, Keith Morris is probably the fifth guy we mentioned on the show. So yeah, very star studded. Uh, I'll definitely tell you that. And it wasn't it wasn't like Sweeps time, you know, because in the in the in that era, Sweeps was uh, November and May, where they did and February, November, February. Yeah. And May where they would pull out all the stops. I think these were the first two episodes of the season, though, of that season four. So maybe yeah, one. yeah, it was the first two episodes. So, yeah, they went with a bang. And, you know, like I said, first two seasons were kind of weak. Third season, it started to pick up. But I, I wonder if that first two episodes of season four really kind of solidifies, hey, this is going to be a strong show. Maybe. I don't know. I don't remember. I remember... I didn't really watch it the first year. I do remember my mom would always tell me I should watch it. She was like, she was like an early adopter in the sign. I, I'm always like oddly proud of my mother for finding Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, sharing it. Cause in the first, it was like a, it was like a late season or an off season, mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, not a lot of people watched it in those days. So my mom finding it was pretty awesome, you know? Yeah, um, I, got, I got to tell you, if I was watching it in the first season, that was my first exposure. I'm not sure if I stuck around because uh, first season, I mean, it was good. It was Seinfeld. It didn't really grab you. But uh, you talk about some of these later episodes. Yeah, it really, you know, definitely picked up. It was good. Yeah. I, it, it kind of reminds me of The Office. The Office when Sargon was like a mid-season replacement. And I kind of, I was all in from the start. I mean, especially episode two with the diversity day really made me laugh. But their first season to me is the best. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, they had, like, when you start the series, if you're going to stream it, like, when you start the series with episode one, season one, I mean, you're in for a good ride for a while to get to a dud, you know? Yeah, and I mean... The first episode made me laugh, and I was always thinking, man, I can't wait to the second episode. Let's see if it's good. And the second episode, I mean, I was rolling. It was great. And it was funny. And I, I literally went to season two thinking, man, hopefully they can keep us up. And then it was the famous Dundee's episode 
it started out season two. I'm like, all right, I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sticking around for till the end. And, and Seinfeld, like I said, I I've been interested if I watched Seinfeld from the beginning, if I was stuck with it. But yeah, starting in season four was good. Like I said, the travel part kind of uh, made me uneasy because again, it's just my personal take. I'm not a great big travel fan, but overall, no, I good episode. I guess I wish it would have been a little bit different than the travel, but they made the best of it. Overall, I thought it was good. Yeah, I mean, it's it's higher end, I think, than I don't think it's as bad as some of the ones that we've watched yeah. together. Um, you know, one other thing I was going to bring up before we end, um, I thought um, the fact that they hadn't given Cosmo his first name, Kramer, yeah. At this point, kind of like was it was odd because like when the media reports came out about him being the strangler, um, he was just Kramer. Yeah. It was really it, it was like what? <laughs> and I'm like, wait, where was this? And it, season six is where he got his first name. So two seasons later, he gets to be Cosmo. What do you think about Noah Lane? I mean, it made sense. I mean. You know, but you know, this was a pretty lame free arc on this too. Oh, in all real life? Okay. The end of the season before. So this was she came back she came back in the episode like episode three. She comes back. Yeah, because it was interesting. There was another time and I'm blanking the episode, but there was one time oh, it's when they went down to Florida. Where I mean Jerry and Kramer were ticked. I mean not Jerry, but um, George and Kramer. Yeah. And in real life, they're like, hey, you know, in essence, you're writing inside the episode. But yeah, yeah, if she had a baby, that made sense. But yeah, Elaine Free. I mean, it was <laughs> the other big three. So. Um. She um that episode where they're in Florida and she um sleeps on the sofa bed is all one of my all time favorites. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that episode. I, I can understand, you know, Jason Alexander's frustration, but it's one episode without them. You know, it wasn't like they got written out for a year or anything. Yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah, um, yeah well, let's look at next week. Um, again, I'm okay with the rating. Like I said, the travel kind of suck a needle in the pen, but yeah, a lot of good moments from the trip. So overall, I'm, I'm okay. I probably would have ranked it quite as high, but it definitely wouldn't be in, at the bottom either. Are you about the same? Um, I, yeah, I would put it higher than some of the ones that we've watched. But I mean, not like super high. <laughs> Eventually, I'll have to come up with one that I would put super high. <laughs> Since I seem to be putting everything toward the end. <laughs> I like this. Okay, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to next week because next week we're going to talk about The Wizard. Um, going back to episode uh, season nine, um, you know, Kramer's running for a Del Boca Vista president of the condo. Um, yeah. George is driving Susan's parents to the imaginary house in, in Hamptons uh, yeah. to try and prove a point. And then Elaine and, and her, her new boyfriend. They're trying to figure out each other's ethnicity. Can't say that word. And they're too uncomfortable to ask. So it was kind of like Seinfeld's big episode about race. So it should be 
should be interesting. And I like this episode. I'm I'm more pro wizard than the trip, so I'm looking forward to it. I like um <laughs> I like the Del Del Boca Vista. So yeah. Whenever they're there, and whenever um, they get in the big fights with the Costanzas. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Uh, and just I don't know. I, I get this mode where man, I'm missing Jerry Stiller. Like I said, while I'm working from home. I, I don't want to focus too much on movie. I had a movie on yesterday I haven't seen before. It kind of frustrated me because I felt like I had to pay too much attention to the movie. I'm like, I, I got to turn this off because I got to focus on work. Man, put on a Seinfeld, King of Queens, Frasier. I'm good. Just leave it on the background. I'll look up on occasion. But, you know, your streaming shows you're very familiar with. And I, I just bring that up to say, man, after a afternoon of King of Queens, oh, I miss Jerry Stiller. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, just yeah, I, I had that feeling. I was a little bummed. I mean, we, we got a lot of Jerry Stiller to focus on, but man, Especially I'm missing Jerry. King of Queens, where uh, is it? Frank? Is that his name? Yeah. Oh, he made that show. Well, Frank um, and uh, Spence's mom, which yeah. is wife in real life, you know. Yeah. That was that was just amazing when they were whenever they would get together. I, I thought Kevin James and Leah Remy were, were good. I'm not saying they were terrible, but man, if if you had that show without Jerry Stiller, yeah. would not have been the show it was. I mean, no. I, I don't think it'd been unwatchable, but it just was. It missed a lot. And, I don't know why I watched this the other day, but it came up um, a clip from that show where um, uh, Kevin James. What's his name? Doug. Yeah. Doug came in and he found out that Carrie was not going to be home for dinner. So he said, let's order a pizza. And he's trying to give him the number. Did you ever, do you remember that clip? I think uh, so. Yeah. That sounds familiar. Or he's giving him like the phone number without the rhythm of a phone number, you know? <laughs> he's like, 16, one, five. And he's like, can you get a little phone rhythm? <laughs> well, well, speaking of reboots, no no word of a King and Queens reboot, but I did stumble across the video. I haven't got to see it yet, but they had the King of Queens reunion. And it was just pretty much a Zoom call. But I don't know. I, I wouldn't mind checking it out. And there was a time in our marriage where my wife and I were big uh, King and Queen people. So I'm sure she wouldn't mind kind of seeing that. Obviously, Jerry Sir wasn't there, but... It was just interesting to I, don't know, I wouldn't mind catching up. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm in a billion Zoom calls every day at work, so I'm not sure how excited about watching another Zoom call, but yeah. yeah, hey, I wouldn't mind catching up, even though my favorite character sadly is gone. But I don't know. Yeah. I will say, um, I watched a lot for I think it was on at least one year, maybe two, I can't remember. Mm -hmm. the, the newer show that Kevin James was on. Was him and he had two kids or three kids I forget, and he was married. And they killed off his wife on the show to bring Leah Remini into the show. Mm -hmm. And I, it was so horrifying. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it was terrible after that. I mean, it was just I watched it because I liked the kid characters on the show. Yeah, I had this strange habit of liking shows because. I like 
the kids on the show because they're like mean, <laughs> you know, like, um, I don't know. Do you remember this show called Life in Pieces? Um, I never watched it. I, I'm very familiar with the show, but I've never seen it. I will tell I, you. I've heard good things about it. I, you think I like it? Uh, yes. Um, that is a show that would be that's great to stream. It's only got three seasons, unfortunately, but it is so funny. Um, okay. They basically there's like it's a family, two parents, which is uh, Diane Weist and um, his name Brolin. James Brolin is the father, and they have kids, um, three kids, and their families are involved. And it's absolutely hysterical. And each, there's like four stories in each show. And each, like each group of people gets a story on each episode. And some of the jokes are just so cutting. And, you know, the little, the little kids are so like nasty. Yeah. <laughs> and well, yeah. uh, We've griped about this before. So yeah, I'll keep but, you know, it was funny. Like, when I first got married, you know, a wife's a teacher. She works during the day. You know, we worked at newspaper copying where we're working from, what, 4 to midnight or 1 or 2, depending on how long the night was. So you get home and you're, you're still buzzed. You don't want to go right to sleep. So you're watching the reruns, you know, like you tape, as you were talking about. Yeah. And I'm, I'm to a point now where, yeah, there was what not that many networks on at the time, but you know we would buzz through all the shows we wanted to watch. Mm -hmm. I just I get frustrated. I, I save stuff to YouTube just remind me of shows I want to watch. I'm like I've got no time to watch all this stuff and stuff I want to watch. Oh yeah. Um, did you ever watch Veep? A it's, little bit. It's got a little bit. Of in it, so it's it's probably not one that you would love, but um, the the one character from Veep is one of the fathers on this show that I'm talking yeah. about the pieces, the bald headed guy. Okay. He is hilarious in the show. I am almost thinking, this is going to sound weird. Honestly. Yeah. I, I want you, we talked about like streaming services, what we want to have. Yeah. Like I like to watch life in pieces. You're selling me on this. But it, most of the time, while I'm sitting there having the TV on, it's like while I'm working. I almost need a streaming service that has a bunch of old, you know, sitcoms I know and love that can blow through. Like, I've seen every Two and a Half Men 50 times. I've seen every Office 50 times. And, yeah. like, Peacock has a bunch of those now. I wonder if I should just subscribe to Peacock because I'm having a hard time watching new stuff. And yeah. there's a new Tom Hanks movie on Apple uh, plus, I got that for a year for free with the iPhone I got, mm -hmm. and it it was a great movie. But I'm like, I got to pay too much attention to it. It was it was just really weird. Very strange. Well, yeah. Yeah, Laura, I'm turning weird. I, I, <laughs> I was weird when we knew each other in the past. I think I'm turning even more weird now. Things changed, and this pandemic has made it even more change, even more yeah. quickly. You know. Well, I, I think we're very much into a. You know, we, we want the past where we didn't have to really think about the pandemic. I think that's why, yeah, Seinfeld's more popular, Frasier, Office, stuff like that. Is there a streaming service called Pluto? Yes, I've heard about it. Yeah. yeah. That one, you might, be, you might be interested in that. 
I think it's free. Yeah. Ads. <laughs> I have it. I've watched it. It's a nice thing just to kind of leave the TV on and forget about it. And, you know, they've got a lot of old stuff. I mean, they got, like, even old game shows. Like, if you like Deal or No Deal, they've yeah. got a channel for that. You know, the other thing that's really strange, and if I ever get too cheap to spend anything for uh, streaming services, the Roku channel. If you have a Roku, man, the Roku channel, you have, like, 100 free channels. They're, they're very much like Pluto in terms of, it's like a deal or no deal channel, whatever the case might be. But geez, you don't really need anything else. They've got movies, they've got sitcoms. Again, you can't be too choosy. I mean, they don't have the most popular stuff on there. But right. yeah. man, like, oh, like the Putty Show, uh, where it's him being married. They've got all those episodes on. I'll, I'll put that show on and just try, leave it go. So yeah, very strange. In fact, his wife on that show was Kevin James's wife on that show where he killed her off. <laughs> really? Yeah. Megan something. Oh. Oh no. Um. Guess who died? Who's that? Beverly Cleary, the author. Oh. Breaking you know, news! Wow. Quit me and um, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. And oh wow. One of those books from when it's like a, she was like a she was more geared toward young girls, but she was very yeah, I, I read some, author for young girls. I was a huge reader as a kid. I, I read some Beverly Cleary stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, oh, wow, that's sad. 104. <laughs> Scared me a little bit. I was talking to one of our reporters this week, and he was getting me excited about an upcoming interview he had with the Goosebumps author. And, mm -hmm. I, I, for some reason, you made me think you're going to say goosebumps. And I, I've been really, really frustrated because I'm like, ah, I want to work with him on an interview. So, yeah. wow. All right. Let's well, rest on. in peace. So, yeah. So, next week, uh, well, I only brought the other stuff because I was doing a quick search for if there was any other news on the Fraser reboot. There's not. I, I mean, Laura, we may still be talking about the Fraser reboot four years from now. Who knows? But, yeah, yeah check in next week. We'll be talking about The Wizard. I'll be excited. It should be good. So, as always, Laura, thank you for talking to Seinfeld. And as we veer off to crazy stuff at the end of our time, I really always appreciate that. So, we'll see you next week. Stick around just for a second afterwards. And uh, as always, thanks for checking out the Ohioan. Um, check out our podcast. I, I got a promo. Hope interrupted. We actually um, we are sponsoring that podcast, I guess, for lack of a better term. Check out Byron McCauley. Uh, you might know him from the Cincinnati Inquirer and Jennifer Mooney. They talk about dealing with each other during the stressful, crazy times that we're in here in 2021. Check out the podcast and check out the book. Seriously, it will help us at the podcast. I will tell you that. So for Lawrence, Chris, thanks for checking out Seinfeld. Have a great day.